Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even if it meant I wouldn't go on hot, go to Disneyland with my girlfriend at the time at New Year's because it was considerably more money. That relationship ended up finishing, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, but you know, like it, you start treating things less as a hobby, which ultimately football is for most people, yeah, and more of a job, which means you've got to do it even when you really, really, really don't want to. I've hit record, Biddy, just so you know. Oh, sorry, just, I didn't uh... that. That's all right. It's fine. Um, so uh, this conversation, this is No Holds Bar podcast, and um, this conversation is about Beardy and his career as a musician and um, musician. Did I say musician? Magician. <laughs> um, Sorry, you don't want to hear me play an instrument. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think for a lot of people, it's it's like how, how do you think that uh, magic is viewed by the general population? Oh, uh, I think up until very recently terribly you know even when i was growing up you know as a as a little and you, you think when someone says magician the first thing you think of is either some random granddad at a party or some you know when you're when you're younger some guy dressed in massive bright uh jacket and clothes pulling rabbits out of hats and all the rest of it i think it was What's... only when david blaine and stuff came on the scene when it could all of a sudden be cool uh i say again i don't know if it was ever cool but certainly you know it, it was put into most people's uh vision or it changed people's idea yeah. as to it he made it good. he made it look look a little bit like a rock star industry didn't he it, it was like, there was so. an element of drama to what he was doing that made him um like, I, I think most people looked at david blaine as a really strange character um an oh, odd guy yeah. who would do things in the end towards the you know the twilight of his career and imagine his career in, 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 as a public figure, is is probably dwindling now. But in the twilight of his career, he was he was doing stuff that I wouldn't even consider to be magic. It was just like elements of endurance. Is that, would that be fair to say? Like sitting in uh, a... towards the end of it, yes. I, I suppose when you've been doing it for as long as he had, and and you know you you've had multiple award winning TV series doing magic, and you're getting booked around the world. You know he'd achieved everything that he'd wanted to achieve. So I suppose when you're that rich and you don't have to do it anymore it's going right what what else can i do to keep myself interesting look at darren brown for example his tv series for the last five six years um none of them have been magic shows they've all been to do with psychological experiments right because he'd done the magic shows years ago so when you're that successful i suppose it's doing less of what the public wants and more of what you want how much of a correlation is there between magic in the conventional sense as you understand it to be and sitting in the box or or freezing yourself for three days or not eating for a week or whatever it is that he he did towards the end of his career what is there, is was, there sorry was that well what is is there a correlation is is it magic or is it something else uh i would say there's absolutely no correlation in the traditional sense as in uh if you find uh 99 of magicians out there if you were to give them a few million quids they don't have to work I don't think 99% of them are going to go and sit themselves in a box above the Thames not eating for 40 days because it certainly isn't my idea of fun. If I had 2 million quid, there's a few other things I'd, I'd want to do first. Let's put it that so way. There's, no, there's no tricks there? It was just him doing it? It was literally just, just him doing it, yeah. Um, however, he... what I would say is magic draws a lot of weird people to it. So it? certainly you'd probably find 
uh, weird people have weird obsessions. Let's put it that way. Is is David Blaine and Darren Brown are they considered elite uh, um, magicians? Are they are they considered like Ronaldo and Messi? Is it is it that or or is it more? Um, who are the guys from Las Vegas? Is it oh, like your Penn and Teller? Penn and Teller. Who 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 are regarded in the in the magician world, in the magic world, um, as as the like the 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 Ronaldo and Messi of the genre? You've got. It's weird because you've got, you've got two different ways of looking at it. You can look at your your Dynamos, your David Blaine's, your, your Penn and Tellers, Copperfields, Darren Brown, all the massive names that the public would have heard of. And they're inspirational to all magicians because to, if you get to that level, um, it's a level of success that, that can't be surpassed. However, not all of them, most of them, obviously they've all got different skills, but not all of them are the most skillful magicians in the world. Like some of the most skillful magicians in the world um, someone who isn't in the magic industry is unlikely to have heard of um, because what makes someone successful in the magic world isn't always talent. It's extremely, extremely hard work. So I've seen some incredibly talented magicians who don't work hard and therefore never make it. Mm. Yeah, I've seen some, for lack of better words, average magicians from a technical charisma. perspective. Yeah, but they, they put in a lot of a lot of work to actually get the gigs, go out and be seen. And all it takes is that one person to see you who has a contact and all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, you're on cruise ships and, and anything else. Like the mu- music industry. Isn't it? Exactly that. Some of the best, some of the most successful singers or artists in the world wouldn't necessarily be the best. Look at Katy Perry, can't sing for shit, but you mm. know, she sure as hell has got a lot of money behind her. She's got money behind her and she's also got charisma. And, that, and I think that that's what um, you see with, actually less so with Darren Brown, but mostly with, um, David Blaine is that he was weird. He was he had an he had an aura around him because he was so different from what we as what me growing up. You no, know, I grew up in the eighties. Uh, I'm not sure how you how old you are, Beardy, but but um, I, I, I you know as I grew up watching magi- magicians on ITV on a Saturday night, it was it was very much how you understand it to be. It was cards. It was it was uh, you know pulling rabbits out of the hat. All that sort of probably all really Daniel's good. stuff. Paul Daniels, yeah, but uh, and uh, actually, Paul Daniels was regarded as quite a good music, uh, magician, right? Um, but before yes. we, get, I'd, I'd I'd like to know your opinion on that. But yeah, just it was like um, a thing about, you know, it was do something that I don't understand. But with David Blaine, it seemed to be not only do I not understand what you're doing, I don't understand you at all either. And that was really kind of quite enthralling and and uh, interesting to watch from a, a luddite like myself yeah so david blaine was was an interesting one um he changed the game completely and invented uh i suppose what could be considered street magic so there's yeah. a, a saying uh, a few years ago which was basically if you, you know you can vanish an elephant in front of a crowd but if you stick a camera you can vanish vanish a mouse on a stage in front of ten thousand people if you stick a camera there and big screens everyone can see it Yep. And he basically took that onto the streets and gone, right, let's let's do all these close-up things that you might do at a, a gig, do it on the street, chuck a camera there, and all of a sudden you're getting millions upon millions of people being exposed to a type of magic that they wouldn't have seen because most people would have seen exactly what you said, your, your Saturday night shows and your rabbits and your hats. And here's a completely normal box with no tricks at all, which I bought from a magic shop. You know, like the stuff where you know there's something dodgy, even if you don't know what it is. Whereas he did... He did magic with or on the big screen or the small screen for the first time, which didn't involve all these trinkets that you you purchase online or, or I suppose it wasn't online back then, but from magic shops or magazines or whatever else. And he changed the game. Um, is is there an issue with or, or an added difficulty when you add cameras to to, to something? Because someone can look back on it and and look yes. at it o- over and over again. So the trick has to be absolutely magic. <laughs> Yes, yeah, no, yeah, very much so. There are certain when I perform live, um, whether it's been on stage or close up, there are certain things that I will do my best to make sure that they're not being filmed. And if either just by telling people, oh, you can't film this, well, well, when they say you can't film it, I go put your phone down. I need you involved, you know, just so they don't feel yes. like they've just been another, no. another trick of the hand, right? Basically, yeah, because because you're right, people can just view stuff back again and again, and what you. One of the skills, I suppose, of being a magician is being able to direct people's attention. 
which you yeah. can't do if a camera is sitting there. Um, which is also why you'll see there's loads of editing on TV, not from a CGI transpoint, the tran- uh, perspective, sorry. Um, yeah. Not from a CGI perspective, but from a the camera will cut so you can't see these magic move, so to speak, that would be happening at that particular time. Because the whole point is giving the viewer at home the same experience as if you were their life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, cause, and, and when magic became mainstream in inverted commas, where there were, you know, eight-year-old me sitting and looking wondrously at my TV screen that... I wasn't in the room, so I'm not going to be able to be suggested and, and manoeuvred by the magician in order to get the best result from the trick that's happening. So you're having to exactly. play to uh, an audience that isn't there. So I can imagine the that best the- thing I can say to people is um, after 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 you finish listening to this, Google the color changing card trick by Richard Wiseman. It's about two and a half minutes long, and it's the perfect example about directing your attention so you don't notice something because they do the card trick and then they show you how it's done and you'll be amazed how much you don't notice the first oh time God. you watch it so, so does he, he reveals the card trick so he revealed he reveal how it's done yes he's a psychologist that, so oh okay so he's not a magician he's a, he's uh, a he has he's a, a psychologist with a massive fascination with magic so it's not when you when you watch it or anyone watches it it's not something you would ever perform live yeah. It's, it's made for the screen, so it doesn't actually cause any problems. I don't want to say any more because I don't want to give away what actually happens. But it's an, the first time you watch it, it's an experience like no other. There must be a wonderful alignment between psychology and magic because you, you yes. are manipulating the way people think, the way they feel, and, the way, and you're also manipulating their next action, what you want them to do, right? Uh, yeah, but I, I did a, a psychology degree, um, which I'll be honest <laughs> hasn't go, yeah. helped with my performance. But how do you know? All because, but it it it, it uh, doing, with, when it comes to my performing and what I did over the many years prior to, to uni, it's what uh, increased my interest and, and inspired me to go and do that degree, which ultimately has proven useless in life as well. But I've moved into <laughs> sales and all the rest of it, which the magic, I'll be honest, has probably been quite useful in that respect. Is that true? Yeah, oh god, yeah, because so you're selling people stuff they maybe need, maybe don't need, but you're using your magic to, to make sure because it was like it's like, and I think we're going to come on to this, but I remember watching Darren Brown back in the day and when he's been so influential and doing all the amazing stuff that he does, and I do like Darren Brown a lot. Uh, I, went, I even went to one of his shows in London just to um, yes. just to experience it. And as you say, it wasn't magic. It felt like you were a big part, a part of a big trick. It was, I don't know, like a social experiment. But yes. um, the big, the biggest issue I had with with him was like, I wouldn't want to be his boyfriend because <laughs> how, 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 uh, like, if he can manipulate a reaction, if, if that's what he's doing, mm-hmm. then then am I in control of anything that's happening in this relationship at all? Is that is that a fair thing to say? You are telling me now the problems that I had throughout my my dating career because I was gonna, known as. We're definitely going to come onto that, but go on. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I, I guess to touch on it briefly, we can go into a bit more detail later if you'd like. But um, it made it very, very easy when it comes to performing, whether it was the hypnotism or the magic or the mind reading or anything else. It made it very, very easy to be the centre of attention and have people or, or girls in particular fawning around you, which. Let's be honest, as any guy's dream at the time. But when it came yeah, as a to... young man, for sure. Exactly. When it came to sustaining relationships, however, <laughs> you have got the problem of, well, two things. One is I was performing all the time. It was, at one point, my, my income. So they had to be cool with the fact that the character Beardy, who performs, is very, very different to Chris, the guy who you know lives day to day. So they have to be comfortable with the fact that when they see me perform, that's not legitimately me and secondly are they with me because of the magic or are they with me because they actually like me the best girlfriends i ever had were the ones who were with me in spite of it as opposed to because they liked it um it feels like too perfect a segue not to go straight into that to be honest um actually do you know what before before we do as as a cliffhanger a little bit um what what how did you get into it Uh, what what, what age did you think you know what Magic seems fantastic, and 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 is it any more sort of developed than just being a kid and being amazed by someone who can do something incredible? 
I I mean, every, I think, not every kid, but most kids at one point, you know, before the age of 10, you get given a, a, given a Paul Daniels magic set, Marvin's magic set, or some form of magic kit, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised if there was any guy on this podcast over 25 years old who hasn't been given one at one point when they were a kid. Um, and, you know, I did that when I was about six years old and then put it in the drawer, never to be seen again. However, when uh, I always enjoyed watching it on TV, David Blaine was obviously a big, big thing around my early teenage years. Um, when I was 14, though, I actually got run over by a pickup truck um, and I ended up in hospital, uh, fracturing my ankle and the rest of it. That was fine. I was out in a few days, but I ended up contracting MRSA. You know, the hospital superbug that was quite a big deal a few years ago, and they still test you for now. Have you heard of that one? Yeah. Yeah, cool. So I ended up with that one, which meant I was put in isolation whilst they were trying to cure it, so to speak, for a good couple of weeks. Wow. And I'll be honest, um, there's only so many times you can watch American Pie when you're 14 years old in hospital. <laughs> um, so I started looking at YouTube videos of magic tricks, not how they were done, because there's no good ones revealed on YouTube, but... The ones like card tricks, for example, that weren't revealed, but because I had a lot of spare time, I would be working them out and backtracking them and and almost just self-teaching myself that way. Um, I learned a few cons and scams. One of the ones that I, uh, I ended up being quite good at quite quickly was the free card Monte. You know, mixing up the cards, you've got to find the queen, put a tenner down, get it, you win 20. If you miss it, you lose it. And then so, I sorry, in- sorry, break that, break that down to someone who doesn't understand, because I don't. Fine. So you might have uh, three playing cards, uh, maybe like two black number threes and one red queen of hearts. Um, you put them face down and you're mixing them up and they got to follow the queen. And then the people put money down to, you know, to try and win money if they guess right where it is. There's several different iterations out there. You've got the free shell game. We might have three shells and a P. Um, exactly the same. You've got to follow the P under the shells as they mix it up cups and balls we got three cups and a ball and you mix it up they got to follow so where how, the ball goes how do you make sure that you you're always going to win that i cheat yeah <laughs> um yeah it's a scam you can't win it uh, even me who knows how it's done i've witnessed it when i was in paris before being run outside the eiffel tower yeah. and <laughs> i i know exactly what they're doing i can see what they're doing but even if you guess right you will always be wrong because there's ways to switch it out so it's a complete scam you can never win and the only time you ever win is if they want you to win to make you think that it's beatable. Or if you see someone else win, they're normally in on the act to make they're other sh- punters believe that it's beatable. Yeah, so they're sharking. They're, they're, they're um, yeah. as a pool player would do. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. And I used to, I used to start doing that at school. <laughs> so in, 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 in your secondary school or high school, if you're yeah. American listening to this, you would be, you, you'd learnt this trick uh, that when you'd say in, in hospital. Yeah. And then and... I was about 14, 15, and I was running the free card Monty in classes and lunch breaks <laughs> and all the rest of it for other kids' lunch money. Running the free card Monty. <laughs> so you would, you, and, and, and people are pay, going into this, they're paying for the experience to be bamboozled, right? They're not just paying to win. Part no, no, no. They're, they're, they're 100% doing it because they think they can win the money. It's not entertaining when you lose. It's entertaining to everyone else watching, but they're not the ones putting up the money. For what it's worth, I would only do it to the kids who. Uh, I wasn't a massive fan of, but I wouldn't do it to you, to my friends and stuff. But it certainly uh, got me interested into the sleight of hand and okay. kind of magic a lot more. And uh, and so you you did your high school, and you were getting more and more into interested in mu- uh, into um, magic and magic. and yeah, figuring and it out. I started earning uh, earning money from it, actually doing gigs. Uh, and it started off as yeah, you know, going to a wedding and do, you know being hired for a wedding for a small amount because I wasn't brilliant at that time, but doing you know card tricks and coin tricks and stuff that I'd learned over the last couple of years um, until I ended up specialising in two different areas. And when I started specialising in two different areas, I started being able to charge considerably more because all of a sudden it made me different to 99% of the magicians out there if you Google wedding magician. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you, you went into making money, but you before that you was, or, or was it was there was there an in between between high school and um, uh, university? Uh, well, it, it was more of a, just doing the same thing for a couple of years, getting better. It's equivalent of going right. I'm going to learn the guitar. When I was 14, I learned how to play Wonderwall, and then when I was 18, I could play anything you wanted, uh, and that's the equivalent. So over the course of three to four years. I just started getting better. 
practicing more, learning more, learning new things, performing more. And the more you perform, the better you get. I got to start charging more. And, you know, by the time I was 18, I was, I'd like to think, quite good, or at least good enough to be able to perform in front of people without um, being caught out all the time, which I suppose as you head off to uni is a very, very important thing because, you know, you've got a load of drunk students around you. And drunk people aren't the most uh, nicest of people. If they if they see you mess up, they're going to point it out. Okay, fair enough. Um, before we get on to you know uh, how you use this magic and and you know going into other areas or, or more sort of um, psychological areas of of magic mm-hmm. in inverted commas, um, what? What what's it like? What's the reaction when a, a magician exposes his trick online? And, and I can imagine the desire for YouTube magicians to to tell the audience how they do something is is significant because they need the views, they want the traction, they want the engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, is it you know as a magician, is it still really frowned upon to, if um, you expose how you do something? I've got two different answers for you. Um, magicians as a whole complain, get upset. Someone exposes a trick that they do and they go, oh my God, the world is ending. I'm never going to be booked again. You've got to think, like, no one's ever going to see the video. Yeah. Uh, or the people who will see it will be have, to be have to be actively searching it down. In all honesty, I personally do not care in the slightest. It has made no difference to me ever. Um, and I, I can normally perform a trick, the same trick with about two or three different methods. So if the one in a million times someone goes, oh, I've seen that online, you do this. I just do the same trick again in a completely different way, uh, showing them that I'm not doing That's it the way better, that I think it? I are. In a way. Yeah, and then I get a better reaction before because yeah. they go, oh, shit. And then everyone cheers and laughs. And, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden that person there is my is my biggest fan for the rest of the night. What does it feel like when you do that? When you, when you actually bamboozle a crowd, but it isn't about them. They want to. They. It's not about like like the um like gaining money or tricking a system so you can get money out of people. It, it's different. It, it's the purity of of magic, right? It, it's yeah. where you just want the reaction you get if you're a lead singer in a band and people love your tune. Must be the exact same feeling as when you do a trick that absolutely blows someone's mind. It did What's at that, the start. Um, It was very, very much like at the start. Um, What I find now, though, uh, that gets gets me going is either when I perform on stage, because it's really, really, really hard. If I do it on stage, it's... uh, I don't do magic on stage. I do the mind-reading-y stuff, like the Darren Brownie stuff, I suppose, to use the words from earlier. Not that I'm necessarily very good at it, but it's really, really hard to do that stuff on stage. So if I get the crowd going when I'm on stage... That gets me going because it's still, it's so tough. It's like a massive achievement. So, so sorry. Up, so, so the stuff you do in terms of the magic tricks that you might do a sleight of hand and and cards you won't do on stage, but the stuff you do on no. stage is is much more like like we say Darren Brown sort of yeah, thing. and considerably harder because like I, I, if I've got a theatre of a few hundred people, if I'm on stage, it's nothing but me um and maybe an easel with a big pad on it and maybe a table and that's it um it's not like a a magic show with boxes and women dancing around and when i come out on stage it's me dressed up in a suit or whatever i'm wearing and and head mic and to be able to perform for two two and a half hours with an interval in front of hundreds of people and it's effectively just me and my mind and maybe a prop like as i said a big pad that is that gets me going because it's difficult and if i'm successful which i'm not always <laughs> i've got many a story of when things go tits up and there's no way to recover <laughs> but if it works then that that gets me that buzz it's it's, uh, it's equivalent of do, i suppose in a way when you do a drug you get a high but the more you do it it becomes the norm you need to take more of it to get a bigger high now you're talking my language. I understand. <laughs> what, so, so tell tell us a, a, um, what, what's the worst moment you've had on stage where things have just not gone right, and you, yeah, what, what happened? Um, what was the, the thought process, uh, and how did there you have re- been two things that spring out to mind? One of them, I was hired for it to perform at a university um, for Freshers Week. Uh, so I was on stage, and it was the second thing of the night. So I'd done one one thing so far. 
it worked. Everyone cheered. Brilliant. They're going to have an amazing show. Uh, little did they know this is going to be the worst show that I've ever had. So <laughs> I start. So the the first main thing I do after the opener, I did a, a Cluedo routine where I would get three people from the audience on stage and I go right. First person Cluedo. Obviously, there's a bit more presentation to this, but first person think of a room, living room, ballroom, whatever in Cluedo. Second person think of a murder weapon. Third person think of any celebrity. Uh, living or dead, fiction or non-fiction, they're going to be the murderer. And got the first thing, the room. Got the second thing, got the uh, the murder weapon. And I just, I, I just got the the murderer completely wrong. Which is fine because ha, ha, people ha, ha, were coming. What you, you did, what you thought would work, didn't work. Yeah, what I thought the answer was, what I thought they were thinking of, was just wrong. It's equivalent of you thinking of, um, you know, Freddy Krueger. And me coming out and saying Harry Potter, it, it was like there, there, there's no way out of that. I was right. just wrong, right. but it's fine because shit goes wrong sometimes. And you know, I have my line. I go, you know what? This isn't an exact science. You're not coming to see a magic show. You're coming to see something a little bit more real. Sometimes this will happen. Cool. We roll on. I'll move on to the next thing. Where I, what I would do is I put someone into a a trance, I say to so to speak, and I'd almost start controlling them. Uh, like a puppet, you know, I would like I'd stand behind them. Their eyes would be shut. My arm would raise. Their arm would raise. My other arm would raise. Their other arm would raise. And then I get someone else on stage, and they start moving, and the person replicates them, even though their eyes are shut and they're standing behind them. It looks awesome. There's yeah. actually a video of me online doing it. However, that didn't work. Okay, cool. So I've got someone else from the audience up on stage. It didn't work with them either. Oh, it was just one of those coincidences where. It, like they're probably about 20 minutes into a show right now and all i've done is fuck up <laughs> <laughs> apart from the opening nothing has worked. what what are you feeling at this moment uh i i remember it vividly this was i was 21 so it's 10 years ago and i still so remember even, now you're not even formed mentally you're not like no. to, to deal um, with this I, kind I, of yeah, I had a chair on stage, which was used earlier on, when I was sitting down talking to people, and I just sat down for my head in my hands whilst there's people on stage standing there. <laughs> oh, God. So God, I, I got someone else up on stage and turned my mic off and whispered in his ear, just fucking do this, please. <laughs> oh, shit. So uh, how, how did it take you a long time to recover from that? No, because, you know... You understand. It's wrong, right? Oh, yeah, I had right. a review online once, and it was, uh, you know, the best thing the magician did was make the audience disappear. You know, so you, 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 <laughs> oh. you, you become... Because for, for every amazing story, there's loads of terrible ones. No one can live on stage until they've died on stage. Well, at least, uh, I think a bit, instead of what I, was, I was talking about, like, a rock star earlier, it's probably better to sort you to comedy, right? Yeah, exactly. You, like you will try stuff out and it will work well in front of one audience and not the other. But unlike yeah. a comedy routine where it's scripted or a magic routine where it's scripted, when you're dealing with the mind, sometimes you get people who it just doesn't work with. You need the audience. Yeah. You need them. And... You need them. Okay. Let's, let's move on to the hypnosis stuff. Cause that's, that's a nice segue there. Um, yeah. so you, 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 you've done the tricks. You, you, you know, you're comfortable with them. It, they've given you everything you need to, they mm -hmm. needed, needed to, for, to, to, to kind of, satisfy your hunger for magic and then you got more interested in hypnosis right is that yes. is that fair to say uh, i'll be honest it was a it was a dual thing because i started getting interested in it once again as a teenage boy because what teenage boy if they watch a tv show and there's some hypnotism on it wouldn't want to be able to just go sleep and have any one man or woman do whatever they want them to yeah, do it's actual magic it's, so everybody knows when they're watching a magic trick that there's a trick behind it there's a method yes. that we don't understand that we will never understand unless it's the, the magician decides to say this is how it's done and we're all complicit in this act right we know yes. we're going to watch magic we know it's not actual magic because if you're someone like me who's a cynic magic doesn't exist i know there's cool. a trick involved and i want to i want to be tricked Right, I want I want yes. my mind to not understand something, but the proof and the facts be there in front of me. That's a wonderful thing to be a part of and enjoy. It's a it's a performance, but hypnosis is something different. It's it's non tangible. There is no cards. There are no there are no um, slights of hand from my perspective, but yep. perhaps something else is going on. But with hypnosis, it's like what 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 the fuck is actually going on here? And that's what makes it so interesting. 
it's probably the closest to or one of the closest things to real magic there is because even i don't understand all of it so you might ask me some questions and if i don't know the answer i I will just tell you that i don't know or i'll give you my best guess um the easiest thing i can compare it to if we use the musician analogy is a musician who can play the guitar will know that if they hold the strings in a certain way a particular note will come out but they may not know how sound waves work and it's the same thing in this i know what to do to get the music to play to get the person to do what i want them to do so you can't read music but you you can you can play it yeah i i I have an understanding i think of how i do it uh, and i think i know where the limits (laughs) are because i've crazy some of those limits but i don't know the intricates of everything about how it works so um when when you talk so so we we mentioned relationships earlier on Mm -hmm. um so you got into magic, you got into hypnosis, you've gone, you've yep. gone to got got to a position where you're doing this stuff on stage, but um, you're also having real life relationships with people who get involved yes. with you because you know how to do this stuff. Is that fair? Yes. Um, so what I've got a couple of things. Well, I guess we should run through. But you've got what you got to remember is a lot of this was from when I was around nineteen to twenty two um are some of the more interesting stories because it sounds like a, a, discl- a disclaimer is that you're gonna <laughs> say stuff that might get you in trouble uh it won't get me in trouble but it's not stuff that i do anymore you're um, not proud yeah yeah it's just a mo- moment i mean i did stuff when i was 1920 <laughs> that i 100% would never do now and wish i hadn't done back then so i'll get it okay uh, imagine imagine 19 year old flav with the ability to go out and hypnotize a girl to have an orgasm whenever you touch them on the arm in a nightclub that's bullshit you never so that doesn't happen that what 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 that that never happened to you you can't do that can you it's not something i've done for a while but can you can can it so if me and you in a room if like forget if it's female or male you could hit if i was susceptible you could hypnotize me to have an orgasm if you touch my arm yes no many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda-approved weight loss medications like wagovi and zeb pound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Of course you can't. What? How? Uh, because it's, all, it's in the mind. Like, people always... Let's talk about girls for a second. It's right? not in the mind. Um, it's, 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 no, in it's, the, no, it, it it's in my dick. It's fine. Okay. Imagine having a wet dream. You know, if you wake yep. up and you've juiced your pants, is that because you've been jacking off in your sleep or is that because you had a, a romantic dream which caused you to spunk yourself? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's nothing to do. I haven't touched it. Well, I presume I haven't. But yeah, no, I, I completely get what you're saying. But yeah. so, 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 so hang, on, hang on a second. The physical act of orgasming is in your in all of our minds, nothing to do... Everything, oh, no, that, everything that you do, whether it's your heart beating... You verbalising words, kicking out, punching someone in the face, or making love to a lady. Yeah, all of that is is controlled by your brain. Your nervous yeah. system is controlled by your brain. Everything is controlled by your brain, yeah, including I get, orgasms. I agree. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's, that's <laughs> fuck, fuck right. So no, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so 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 
so a a single touch on the arm can trigger something in the brain that will cause another reaction. Yes. Go on then. So you're 19. You're in a bar. <laughs> cool. So and you've um, said to this woman, I can, give, I can. You don't have to come back to to my house. You can have an orgasm right here. That didn't. Well, you no, never I, did that, I, and it didn't I, work. I didn't. I didn't say that. Um, they were interested in being hypnotized because they'd seen me do it to other people on other occasions. And it was Halloween and I was slightly intoxicated and I put them under and we did loads of things like, you know, I'm going to be invisible. So then if I lift a glass up, they think a glass is flying or I'll make them forget a number or make them forget their name or, you know, stuff that would be a stereotypical parlor trick. But then you just take it a little bit further. You know, you're going to be attracted to me. You're going to get aroused by me. You're going to have an orgasm whenever I touch your arm. You know, baby steps. Yes. <laughs> and and these, uh, um, did, uh, I mean, when you think back at that time, where you are you, actually no fuck. Before we get onto the sort of ethical, this is un- it, you shouldn't be doing this sort of conversation. Which, you know, any any response. I mean, you you've said multiple times during this conversation that this is back then when I was nineteen. Before we yeah. get onto that sort of responsible conversation, what? How did you know how to do it? Like, how did you? Get to how a did point I learn, where you... or how did I know that it would work, or what do you mean? Well, how did you learn? I guess I, I, I think that that's the most confusing part to me right now. Is that how did you know? How did you get from having the base knowledge? Actually, no, that's probably too big a conversation. But how did you go from? I read a book. I okay. read lots of books, which were all bollocks. I'd spent a, uh, because it was something that as a sixteen-year-old I wanted to learn, and yeah. I read stuff online, and it was all about this. 45 minutes lying in a sofa deeper deeper listen to my voice which is not the stuff i was interested in i saw darren brown hypnotize someone by snapping his fingers uh i wanted to do that Um, yeah of course that sounds fantastic (laughs) so so interesting yeah and then i found i found and i remember i was 18 and i you know did my yearly i wonder what books are out there google search and I found a book which had like two good reviews online. No, no bad reviews, but just like two good reviews. Like there wasn't, it wasn't well publicized. Both saying, oh yeah, I, I've read all the Chris other crap out there, but this is the real deal. Uh, it was 25 quid and I thought, fuck it. You know, I've, I've spent, I've wasted more money than that in the past. And otherwise it could be the best 25 quid I've ever spent. Uh, it arrived three days later, I read it. And it was all of a sudden how to do it in like seven minutes or six minutes rather than 50 on a sofa. This is the stuff that, you would do on the street in a bar or so i gave it a go at, at a dinner once i made someone um think their hand was numb uh and it was stuck to the table and then they started stabbing their hand with a fork because they started freaking out that they couldn't feel it and oh at that God. point i thought at that point i started going holy shit like can I this, this? this shit actually works <laughs> not so not start- not what you say? What you weren't like, oh, this person stabbing themselves in the hand with a fork? Oh you no, no, were... I, I stopped him doing that pretty quickly. But the whole point was at that point I had a realization that it did work, and I then started just getting honing my skills and getting better at it. I suppose there book... are certain things. That I... Is this book that? available now? Is it famous? Is it big, or is it still? Uh, it's, it's more, it's more well known. Do you want me to say the name, or is it you're yeah, worried about the uh, the listener base? <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, uh, the, look, we're we're all adults listening to this. If you're you're paying for yeah. the content on on Patreon, then I, I feel like we should give them the book if they want to go out right. and uh, um, cause mayhem. It's a book called Reality Is Plastic, and it's Brilliant. by a, a hypnotist called Anthony Jackwin. If you Google right. "reality is plastic," you'll you'll find it on. Like, I think they do it as an instant download ebook now, as well as a hard copy somewhere. Do, so, and anyone can do this, or just someone who understands the way things work. Uh, not anybody could do it in the same. Co- okay, theoretically, anybody could do it, but you need to. But someone, if we, if we'll go into a little bit about how it works in a moment, if you want. Yeah, but please. You'll need you you need people to give themselves over to you, and if so they someone don't feel who's... confident in you. Yeah. then they're not going to let you they're, they're not going to let you do it you need to have a, a certain amount of authority if you're a dainty little flower going hello please can you listen to my voice then that shit's not going to work right so you need to have a, a charisma about you to, yes to, you, you need know, to be, you need to be as an the hypnotist yeah you're not a hypnotist you're the hypnotist fucking listen to me bitch right um, okay so what so how how does it work then? so um 
I'll give, do you want to, I'll see how, I suppose I'll go through the, I know there'll be some people who'll be interested in the intricacies of actually how it works. So I'm not going to go through how to do it because, you know, that would take freaking ages, but to give you an idea of how it works. So yeah, have you cool. ever heard of something called idiomotor suggestion or idiomotor response? No. Cool. Um, you heard of the Ouija board? Yes. Yes. Cool. Do you know how the Ouija board works? Uh, there's a spirit that you channel and it moves the cool. thing. Cool. Fine. Do you know how it actually works? <laughs> Uh, I no. Cool, fine. Is it, is so, it, is it, can I just guess, just for my own yeah. um, uh, ego, is yeah. it a collective um, will? So you, you're Close. willing it to go? Oh, go on, go on. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm just butchering yeah, this conversation. Yeah. You, you, tell me how it works. No, you are sort of right. So idiom, uh, it works through idiomotor suggestion. Now, idiomotor suggestion is the idea that when you think about something hard enough your body will make involuntary movements to do that thing. Is this fact so, or just, just This what? is fact. No, right. this is, this is scientific, scientific fact. Scientifically, okay. Yes. So if you are on a Ouija board and you will, it, will the little paddle thing to move towards the A, you will subconsciously move it towards the A. In magic, there's something that's called uh, what's called muscle reading. It's the close, genuinely the closest to real mind reading there is. There's nothing closer than this. If you were, and to give you an idea, if you were to have a 1p in front of you to the left yeah. and a 2p in front of you to the right, and you were to sit there and, and I were to say, think of one of those coins, uh, and whichever, either think left or think right, if I'm holding your wrist, if you're good enough at it, because of the little mini responses your body makes, I can tell which one you're thinking of. Yeah? yeah okay. You were with me so far? No, I'm with you. I'm not sure if I believe you, but I am with you. Cool. Once again, if you Google, if anyone wants to Google muscle reading, um, then you'll <laughs> see loads of stuff online about it. It's something that I performed quite a lot once again, um, but it is quite boring to watch, so I stopped pretty quickly. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and there's only so much you can do, left or right, forwards, back, up, down. You know, it's not the most, if your pump's going to pay 20 quid for a ticket and you know, they want to have a little bit more, more entertainment than 50, that. 50-50, right? yeah. Exactly. Um, so... In hypnosis, um, I start off doing suggestion tests to see how susceptible people are, and I'll use idiomotor suggestion to see how easy or difficult they are to read and how much they try to resist it. Yeah. Yep. People think if you're drunk or idiots, they're easier to hypnotise. That's not the case. The more intelligent someone is, um, the, uh, and the more sober someone is, the easier they are to hypnotise. Why? Because why is that? Why is that? I don't have. You need to give me your control, effectively. So right. imagine. I'm not if being I resistant. Say, listen, it's not even about that. If I were to say, "Listen to my voice. Do this. Do this. Do this. Do this." If you're sitting there in your mind singing football songs, yeah, it's not going to work because you're not listening to what I'm saying. I'm yes. effectively a sat nav. I'm a tom tom. I'm guiding you to do certain things with your mind. If you refuse to do those things, then I won't get you into the place where. I effectively have control of you. You need to be willing to go through the initial steps to get to that end end goal, that final destination, which is where you are effectively hypnotized. I don't hypnotize you. You hypnotize yourself under my guidance. Right. So you know you, you can't unless you're willfully walking into a situation where you're open and happy and, and completely complicit to be involved in what's happening, it's much difficult much more difficult. Yes, unless I've done it before. So, if I've hypnotised you once, and the next time I the next time I can do it in about thirty seconds, because you're already there, you're already there. But you've already implanted a trap or a a, a method. You've already given yourself. You're you're because I know your your mind has already been in that place. I can take you there a lot faster without having to take you through the steps. That's it's fantastic. kind of like going. It's like kind of like taking a a shortcut through a through a field as opposed to going to the roads around it. Understand, understand. So, so it's like when when you're driving somewhere, it take it feels like it's longer than when you're driving back because you've already seen everything, right? And you know where you're going exactly, and you can take shortcuts, and that's what I do. I take a shortcut with them because I already know everything about them as to how they're going to respond to me, how they're so going to resist or not resist. So uh, we're running out of time, right? Okay. But there's so much stuff. There's so many questions I've got 
that, that I want to ask you because this is fascinating right. to me. It really okay, is. So we, I, I want to do I want to do another uh, recording with you, and we'll, okay, we'll do fine. do another episode. But I just want to get on to. Um, there's two things. The, the the when you was on stage and things weren't working and you were trying mm-hmm. to um, influence people or you're trying to get them simply to raise their hand. What mm-hmm. in in the fir- first question I guess is that how do you get someone to raise their hand when their eyes are closed? And and I'm not sure you can a- answer this without telling that, us you. That's that's not something I can answer without so, Ruining it, in all honesty. It's not about revealing it. It's about ruining it. And people will be very disappointed. Uh, Very rarely is the secret more enjoyable. Sometimes it is. Of course. This is one one of those cases where it's not more enjoyable. No, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's let's not ask that question. Although I'm desperate because I really, really want to know. But let's not answer answer that question. But why why then did you have a multiple uh, or a number of, of people come to the stage um, where you couldn't make it work is it because they were inebriated or no, what, what? To, to, the, to this day i genuinely don't know because i never saw those people again there were random people from an audience um i could guess because it's a freshers week they might have been pissed out of their faces could which be, maybe yeah. that wasn't the best routine to do but it would be a guess I, I to this day do not know i've asked myself that question before because i try, also want to try and avoid it happening again to be honest it hasn't happened since um, but I couldn't give you the reason why. Um, must, that's because I don't want to. I just don't know. No, fair enough. Uh, that that must be like um, like you shit your pants a little bit because it's like going like again if you go back to the comedian or the musician and the mic doesn't work and you think like it's, of course it's going to work. You're trusting in another person to rig the mic up properly or you know it just doesn't work because something doesn't work. So it must be kind of frightening knowing that this could happen the, again. The next time I did it, when it worked, I had just as much relief as when it, <laughs> as, as when it worked on the night on the third person. And by worked, I mean they just did it because um, I, I I just had such a sense of relief. But I just yeah. needed to base it on the fact that you know, nine nine times out of a hundred, it works, and yeah. that's a good hit rate for the. Like I did a, a theatre show when I was uh 20 21 can't remember and i put that routine in as a last minute addition as in i put it in the day before the show just i took some out put that in going oh i think this will flow better i didn't after the show i found out that particular routine was one of the talks of the night and i just realized that even if it's not 100 percent reliable it is it has such a good reaction to be worth the risk as long as it's surrounded by other stuff which is reliable Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's get into your personal life. Uh, we've got yeah. s- we've got about ten minutes, right? So or, or less. Um, so yes. uh, how was <laughs> hypnoti- hypnotism and your relationships worked? How do they coexist? So uh, when I was younger, certainly it was difficult because I had girlfriends who. Uh, these aren't one-nighters. These are, you know, relationships, I suppose. Where in their early days, they they wanted to be hypnotised. And how I old did are it you? Once. At this, at this uh, stage? Early twenties. Nineteen twenty. Okay. Uh, right. As I said, this was around the time where I where I, I I was doing it a lot, but to get better at it, and it was a novelty. And yeah. you know, I was getting, and obviously when you're at uni, you're getting probably a lot more experiences with with the female fatale than you than you would be otherwise. Hundred um, percent. That's what a lot what, for, for for a lot of people, what university is about is about exploring each other and having good times and 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 yeah. being entertained. Yeah. So I get it. And I had one girlfriend in particular. Let me rephrase. I, I only I did it once with one girlfriend in particular. And um, I'll be honest. I think for a lot of for some people blokes i mean they would have or no whoever was doing the hypnosis not necessarily blokes um they would have really enjoyed it but there was a power dynamic which upon reflection i wasn't comfortable with so explain that explain what you mean yeah so um like during the like she wanted basically it's hard to be brutal she wanted to have a hypnotism sex session (laughs) 
Okay, but basically, so, I so, would put in com- commands in the middle of of getting down to business. You yeah, know, okay, whatever I, you're doing, I, I can understand how be, that might happen. Hundred percent. Yeah, you know, you'll get wetter. You have an orgasm. You'll have, you know, uh, you'll have a, an anal orgasm without anything up there. You know, all, with all this sort of shit happening without having to actually put in the work. That sounds fantastic, right? Yes, and at the time it it was. Because you know, like, like before, without even having to do anything. Yeah, you don't have to do anything that you're uncomfortable with. Yeah, you're like, experiencing all things. Yeah, you're getting the wet floor signs out. Um, but it's when we'd finished, and you know, took her out of it. Like she said that she absolutely loved it because all of a sudden she's having orgasm, 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 whatever else this time, the other. Which yeah, it sounds. But what you got to remember is. Let's put it this way. Have you ever been horny and done something in the moment that you later thought to yourself, probably wouldn't do that if I wasn't horny? 100%. Exactly. 100% without a shadow of a doubt. Of course. Yeah, of course. Now, imagine having the I'm horny feeling whilst you're fucking 20 years old with the ability to get somebody to do whatever you wanted. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and, so I didn't step over the line, but I could have. And I wasn't comfortable with that and feeling that, because and that's what you're never going to know how you're going to react in the future to any situation. That's scenario. incredibly mature at your age to have that power and not do it. That, that's 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 an amazing thing, actually, because you think the the amount of horrible things that often young men do to young girls. Not not talking about sort of you know sexual assault. No, although it could I be bordering it. on that. But you know what I mean. That, that when you have less control and less. Uh, you you don't necessarily well, you're not world world wild um you you're not sort of learned to the world and and you behave in ways that are much more acceptable. But as a young man, often people behave in thing and do things that are stupid. I or, had a moment of realization as to how shitty people are. I, I, it's one of those things where I don't think it's possible to realize how like what people's real personalities are until. Like, if I have someone hypnotized and I go, I ask people for suggestions, what shall we do? This person is my responsibility. Their um, mental awareness and everything is my responsibility. And I start asking people for suggestions. Now, there are certain go to suggestions I might do. I'm invisible and I make shit fly. Their friend's invisible and they make shit fry. Make someone forget their name. Make them stuck to a chair and they can't reach my wallet. And I've said, if you reach me, you can have my wallet and all its contacts. You know, fun things. But you do get some suggestions which make you realise how, how, uh, how, yeah, how nasty people can be. Um, and yeah things like um, I was in a nightclub and I'd had this guy hypnotised in the smoking area and one of the bouncers was like make him think I've just make him think he's murdered someone and I've just arrested him oh my god and you could do that you could that for for that person it would become very real I did it uh, oh shit uh, because I was drunken in the moment not that that's an excuse no 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 I understand as I said I, I caveated at the start of not that being young and uh, young is any excuse, but no, it is. I, it is an excuse. I, I, I realised afterwards that it, it was over the line and I shouldn't do it again. But and I think my realisation was seeing the guy's reaction when he thought he was being arrested, but he wasn't upset. He was being rearrested. He was devastated that he fucking murdered someone. Of course he was. So and and in this and, and you're 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 being hesitant about something you did when you were pissed up when you were nineteen. You know, hypnotizing someone to believe that they murdered someone, which is mental. It's really by the way, bad. It's that, really is, bad. that is that is really bad. But Darren Brown also did the exact same thing on national he TV. Has a t- he has a team of psychologists to help them with that afterwards. Hundred percent. I was a nineteen-year-old who had met someone for the first time, did this, no. and then never met, and then took them out of there, bought them a beer, they were laughing and chilling, and I never. No, no, hundred percent. I agree. I agree. With what you're saying I was I'm saying that, that that they have all of this understanding. They had the team of psychologists. They had the TV company behind them, and they still did it. You were pissed up as a nineteen-year-old, and you did it. You didn't have all of that infrastructure around. Do you understand? So. What you did is something that what human beings would do because it's the way we built. Because Darren Brown did that with all of the infrastructure around him, knowing I can keep him safe. We should still do this though to this guy. We should make him think that he's shot someone or pushed someone off the side of a a building. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. 
the fact that we're interested in watching. And I watched that show thinking, this is fucking great. This is fantastic. I, yeah. I can't believe it. Because it, it's really, and to this day, I still think what we what I did back then, even if I have regrets for the person that I did it to. Yeah, there, um, there should be regrets. And that's a healthy it, thing. It, it was bloody good entertainment. <laughs> and then people loved watching it. So and what I was, happened? I was, I was the boy. I was the man. Yeah, yeah, and that fed into your ego, which is, I guess, yeah. what, down to which what a magician, magician wants. They want the the room on on the, to be looking at them, and that the yeah. same as a, a comedian, same as a, a musician as well. Yeah, I get that. Well, I think just, you had the last question. Sorry. So, well, I just there's there's so much more. I've got hundreds of questions, but <laughs> but um, I think I think a good place to end uh, would be. Um, I think the best place to end would be to just to finish that story off. Really, so so you're in that smoking area. You somehow managed to hypnotise some guy. Did you know him? Uh, no, but I saw him um, about half a year earlier get hypnotised at a hypnosis show. So I knew he'd be easy. Fuck really? So you knew you knew that he'd be able to be hypnotised. Oh, well, I target. I, I I I targeted him because I knew it would it would look it would be really easy. I'd look like the absolute boy, uh, and he was in the smoking area. I was doing a little bit of magic and whatever else. He was one of the people who came over. I recognised him straight away, and thought, "Do you want to be hypnotised?" Do you do you worry? Um, do you worry uh, about those sort of things? The things that you've done in terms of like hypnotising people and and. And in, in situations where they might be vulnerable, do you sort of look back at it and think, actually, that probably, you know, if it was right now as as the adult that you are, you wouldn't have done it? Or um, I, what everything that I, nothing, I, I never did anything which would have any long term implications because of the way that I did it. Because um, I can look back on everything that I did. I know stuff that I could have done that would have had long term implications. So I've got no regrets from the fact of shit. I hope this guy's okay. I regret that particular instance because it's the one time in my life that I can remember that I think I did step over the line. However, um, I'm always careful with what I say. So little simple things like, let's say you want to make someone act like a six-year-old, whatever, right? You've got to be careful and say, you know, you're going to act like a six-year-old. You can't say, pretend you're six again. Because if that guy had a traumatic experience when he was six, he is then six again. He's himself when he was six. If you say act like a six-year-old that's a very different thing they take things very literally if you say you're going to wake up and you're in the middle of nowhere that's very confusing because it's confusing because technically there isn't a middle of nowhere because nowhere doesn't exist you have to say you're in the middle of a place that you don't know people take things very literally when they're under we're going to end there because i I want to talk about so much stuff we we can maybe do it next week or in a couple of weeks we'll talk about how (laughs) psychopaths act that's like i will say one thing though which i think is important after giving some of these stories which i think people will be interested in and and that's why i told some of those because it's it's the real stuff um every single person i ever hypnotize now and and back then to be fair maybe not when i was 19 but certainly from the age of 20 onwards after after that moment um i'll always finish it off by giving them a present and what i mean by that is as I'm take before I take them out of it, I'll say to everyone, right, I'm going to take them out of it now. Show's over. Do what you want to do, and then I'll start taking them out of it. But before I do, I'll always get them to think about a problem which is happening in their life, serious or not serious, family, business, school, whatever. I say school. I mean uni. Obviously, I didn't hypnotise anyone under eighteen, um, and I'd get them to think of a problem, not tell me, so they're just thinking about it themselves, and just make just associate a better feeling with that problem. So it would stress them less, stress them out less when they it. came out of it. And, and, and to me, it was a thank you to them for allowing me to use them as part of my show. Yeah. So, so I this, always this, this isn't, we're, not, we're not still talking good. about like smoking areas. We're talking about any any kind of any, uh, Yeah, we're talk- most of it was, uh, you know, like summer barbecues, house parties, nightclubs bars that was where i did most of it because when i was even when i was doing it as an income most of my performance was in bars and nightclubs and vip areas and stuff like that right. that's where i was getting my income so it was still that environment but i would still at the end of the quote-unquote show try and give them a good feeling leaving and that was yeah. almost my gift to them which i'm hoping will have had a good effect on some people no way of knowing <laughs> 
Carlo always well, hoped that it had a good effect. Well, well, there's a couple of things. I, I guess that um, most of the people that were involved in the hypnosis shows came away with be, being happy that they were, in, were involved in it. I never had... did shows, uh, hypnosis shows on stage. They were always walk around. So okay. I never had a crowd of people in the audience watching the stage. It was always groups of five or six people. I'd hypnotise one of them or ten people hypnotise one or two of them. Yeah, but yeah, but what I'm saying is that the the process of being hypnotized isn't always a negative thing. It's not a no. It's you not. know, a lot of people don't you know don't walk away from being hypnotized thinking, "Fuck, I wish I never have to go through that ever again." I, I, would, I would say the large majority of them probably have, have enjoyed it. It's, a, it's, it's an experience, that, and that's wouldn't... always that's always my aim because I have had some people go, "Can you do it again?" Um, and that's even regardless of whether I did or didn't. If they ask that, then I know I've done my job correctly. Hundred percent. Uh, but the other thing you said in terms of giving them a present is that I've I've had uh, and I mentioned this several times on the Fighting Cock and probably through this podcast on uh, No Holds Barred and other things that I've done. But I've done I've had therapy where hypnosis has been a massive part of it. And mm-hmm. uh, there's this this therapy that I use often if I have something I can't get my brain around. It's called Human Givens, and that mm-hmm. comes at Paul McKenna, who's like I guess he, he looked at a little yeah. bit like a. A bit, I, I don't know. Yeah, 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 a big dog, but also a little bit like two TV. Like he, he's kind of like how he's he's that guy on TV. He's like yeah, he, like he was the, the the Paul Daniels of hypnotism, I suppose. Indeed, indeed, right. And he's he's he's, he's incredible. He was involved in this the formation. Yeah, my first of this... exposure to hypnosis was watching him on TV. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that makes complete sense. But what I'm saying is that this this um, he, his involvement in developing this therapy has led to so many people being benefited from it and, and myself included like I, I i don't understand hypnotherapy and i want to talk there's so many things i want to talk to you about i want to do another podcast if you're up for doing it right where mm-hmm. we talk about the, the the peripheries of hypnosis but it was something i still don't understand and i've had i, I would say in in 18 months ago was the last session i had and it was a uh having my laptop on my on my knees sitting on the sofa and I had an issue that I had to deal with that I couldn't just, I tried for about six or seven months. I couldn't get it out of my brain. It was rotating around and, you know, it was with me when I went to bed and it was with me when I woke up and I just couldn't get rid of it. And it was, it was damaging. It was just, it was affecting my well-being, right? And I knew that this, this therapy, Human Givens, which was a hypnotherapy, it's a, a like a rewind therapy. I'm not sure if you've ever heard that, but it was like a, that that's what they call it. And Without doubt, every single time, it, it always helps me in this situation. And well, this issue, it, what I was dealing with... It brings it back to what I was saying earlier. I don't hypnotise you. You hypnotise yourself. Yeah. So if you're using these sessions to benefit you, it's the power of the human mind. What you've got to realise then is whatever problems you had, you always have the ability to overcome it. Sometimes you need a point in the right direction, but that's not them doing it. That's you doing it. So you take the power away from the hypnotist and go, this isn't the hypnosis which is helping you. You're helping yourself. You've just got a tom-tom guiding you the way there. You've always yeah. got the power to do it yourself. Yeah, and and, and, and that, that, that rings really true. You know, I don't want to go into too much detail about this, but what, oh, what, you, were, what you were saying is, is that, that there were things I were conjuring in my mind as I was being spoken to by this therapist that I use as a tool now going for... I don't, I don't know, so that's going to sound like uh you know, confusing to people that don't understand it and that's probably everybody that's not in my own my own head do you know what i mean but um but yeah, <laughs> no, yeah it makes it, perfect sense okay cool man uh, all right mate beardy this has been absolutely fascinating i haven't got through half of what i wanted to um but if you're <laughs> if you're up to up to it and, and you fancy it then we could definitely do this again next week or in a couple of weeks if, if you're okay to yeah that's, that's no problem i said it's uh it's, it's good to talk about it all of it because obviously this is something that i did for a long time and was a big part of my life it's i certainly don't do the hypnotism as much anymore um but i still think it's, it's it was such a big part of my life it seems a shame to to lock it away and not discuss it so yeah uh, if people get enjoyment out of it then that's brilliant yeah i mean it's just i i think i mean enjoyment's one thing but it's actually like you know being just, just people saying stuff that, you, that isn't a part of your own life. It's, it's a fascinating, and that's the whole thing about the this no holds barred podcast that we created. Is, is is talking to people that have lives that are so much different from from those that are listening to them. I guess. Anyway, yeah. uh, Biddy, thank you so much, mate. 
this has been fantastic and uh, we'll speak again soon cool appreciate it thanks so much Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.